the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Yeah, you got your coffee? Yeah, I got my coffee. Should we do a, should we do a thing? Like a, I don't know, like a ritual? Like a <laughs> to get everybody focused and on, on the same plane? Ba-dum-ba-doo. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's not real, Marcus. <laughs> All right, welcome to Abling's Top Hat, everybody. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Hello, Ben. I want to thank everybody uh, who watched Red Eye on Tuesday night and who has seen me on Kennedy and the Greg Gutfeld show. You've been unbelievably nice via Twitter yeah. and other social media outlets. So thank you guys so much uh, for supporting those shows and supporting me when I'm on them. And it's also kind of fun, Marcus, because we're bringing two groups of people that previously would have never known each other together. Who's Who's that? Well, the people who watch Red Eye and the people who listen to Last Podcast on the left. Ah. Believe it or not, not necessarily always a lot of crossover (laughs) between Fox News and the paranormal uh, podcast that we do called The Last Podcast on the left. Absolutely. So we're bringing people together as we have always done throughout our entire lives, Marcus. We're all about bringing people together. All about it. It started with me with the Christian parents and gay brothers. I had to survive dinner and I wasn't able to just slam a bunch <laughs> of potatoes down my throat. I had to make things go seamless. Yeah. That's where I began the world of uh, living as a comedian, in constant misery. When am I gonna? <laughs> when am I ever going to be happy? What the the instability of life? Yeah, I learned it when I was five. Perfect uh, prep to become a comedian, having a turbulent household, and you as well, Mr. Parks. Oh, my household wasn't that bad. All right. Nonetheless, you did see a goblin outside your window when you were roughly nine years old. Oh, I saw all kinds of things. Well, there we go. That's Texas for you. You never know what's going to happen in the great state of Texas. On the last red eye, uh, we discussed a story, and I don't want to add more attention to the woman, but I will in this situation because it deals with uh, obesity, weight, issues and the massive uh, epidemic in this country right now when it comes to people and health. There's a comedian, oh. you know, whatever. She's a YouTube. <laughs> there needs to be a new term for it. Uh, I don't know. You, Ubian? A, a, a YouTubian? A YouTubian. Yeah, that sounds fine. Some, right. She fancies herself a humorist. Yeah. But of course, um, I, I'm not sure how many people laughed at her what video. You, what are you, Mark Twain? I don't know. <laughs> she fancies herself a bit of a humorist. Absolutely. And we got uh, we got Joan Carter and the Carter family coming up. <laughs> What's her name? Not Joan Carter. <laughs> June Carter. June Carter. June Carter and the Carter family coming up next. Joan Carter, the much lesser known uh, Carter that they kept in the basement. We don't talk about Joan. No. <laughs> June's the star of the Carter family family uh what was her name now uh arbor and she made a video and it was a fat shaming video and it got 17 million hits what's her name nicole arbor nicole arbor and she's a fairly attractive woman she's got blonde hair she's got a pink streak so you know she's wild on thursdays (laughs) she's crazy she can't get enough of going uh having a little bit of wine during the midweek bum when you're bummed out midweek, have a little wine. That's what she does. Arbor. Okay, so she made a fat shaming video. It got 17 million hits. A lot of people were extremely offended. It went viral. We discussed it on Red Eye. Tom Shalou, the amazing host of Red Eye, brought up the fact that he wasn't offended by the content. He was offended by the fact this woman calls herself a comedian. I would agree with the... Um, idea that I wasn't offended by any of the content either. Right. It's really just a person ranting about uh, about obesity, but the problem with the video is it doesn't do anything to help. No. She at no point uh, did any did it, uh, had any constructive criticism. At no point did she bring up the fact that this is exactly what our government wants from the American people to become so obese and so immobile that they're forced to have the only the only power they have is the power in their remote control. And if those batteries die, so do they. (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of the remote control, uh, the government is working its ass off to make sure that it doesn't need humans to fight wars anymore. Of course not. We don't need humans to fight wars anymore, and we also don't need humans due to the high minimum wage the $15 minimum wage, we no longer need humans working at, uh, at, uh, at McDonald's. They replaced most of their employees in many different stores with robots. So, at, I mean, at the very least, robots 
can't spit in your food. So that's kind of <laughs> nice, I guess. But God knows what kind of grease they could get all over the place. Mm-hmm. So she made a video, and it was just, it was very, uh, it was mean-spirited, and I don't like that. And as a person who lost 160 pounds, um, still fat, by the way. You're not fat. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> I'm not looking good unless I'm wearing my Joseph A. Bank blazer, <laughs> which I love to wear very much. Uh, she did bring up some good points. I discussed one on Red Eye where she talked about parking your car farther away when you're at a Target or a Walmart. I also say... If you are going into a Walmart or going into a Target, spend 20 minutes in the toy section playing with lightsabers. <laughs> That's a hell of an exercise. That's a good one. Why not do that? But she doesn't, uh, you know, she has no compassion. And when you are very fat, it is very difficult because people uh, doing normal mundane tasks uh, tasks uh, really take it out of you. You get winded just when you go to the store or when you do all of these things, and then you begin to self-loathe yourself, and you obviously you turn to food because that's the addiction of your choice. And really what you have to do when you are super overweight, it's bizarre to say you just have to switch addictions, whether that addiction being running marathons, which I don't recommend, <laughs> or uh, you know, um, investing uh, full-time into uh, you know, doing podcasts or comedy or whatever it might be, getting your mind off of the fact that the only thing that can comfort you is food, perhaps uh, find yourself a significant other who you can. This is actually a very uh, uh, successful workout program uh, program I've seen on my 600-pound life. Oh, yeah? They have sex a whole bunch, <laughs> which is really tends to just be a guy on top looking uh, like a bizarre jockey, <laughs> just like the world's most perverted jockey just riding this woman. Yeah, but apparently this really does help it's when good. it comes to uh, losing weight because the endorphins... Don't get me started on endorphins, Marcus. I love endorphins. They shoot into your brain, Mm -hmm. and they make you feel positive. They make you feel as positive as you once did when you were eating that Big Mac or eating that Taco Bell chalupa. Yeah, we've all felt the afterglow of sex. Absolutely. But what she doesn't talk about again in this really ridiculous video is the fact that 80% of our public schools are currently being... they're making a lot of money from Coca-Cola, from Pepsi, from the InBevs of the world. They have contracts with these cola companies, which are killing our children. And the schools are completely complicit, along with the government, in feeding our children high sugary so-called snacks and sugary drinks. It would take you at least an hour of exercise to burn off a 20-ounce Coca-Cola, but nowadays they have this idea that when you're exercising, have a Coke Zero with you while you do it. Yeah. So there's no downtime. There is no getting away from any of these uh, you know, sugary substances or any of these really destructive uh, poisons that people put into their put in their put into their bodies because they're shaped like little hamburgers. <laughs> and I do love a good sugar hamburger. I love a good sugar hamburger. But the pr- biggest problem with uh, with this, or maybe not the biggest problem, but uh, uh, a sad problem, uh, is that these people, these schools, they're bringing Coca Cola and Pepsi into these schools right. because they're underfunded. Well, and they're even and even with all of this corporate money, they're still underfunded. We, we will talk about uh, Ronald Reagan for a second. Okay, I, we're, and we're going to do a full episode on the crack wars and the war on drugs under Reagan. I just watched a great jockey documentary, Freeway, mm-hmm. all about Freeway, uh, Freeway Ricky Ross, which was the first crack kingpin in Compton and uh, in East uh, Los Angeles. It's fascinating. Anyway, that's for a different time. Another terrible substance that the Reagan administration introduced into the streets that is killing our kids other than crack cocaine is sugar. When he cut the funding for school, the school lunch program in the 80s under his massive shrinking of government, regardless of the fact he expanded government like no, no president before, 10 times the size when he got in. But this was one of the areas where he's like, I will get dino bites into more school <laughs> lunch programs. He guaranteed it. So he cut school funding. So no longer do you have the cafeteria worker with the idea that they're in there actually cooking, right? That, like they're actually in there mixing up salads and uh, making, uh, you know, really wonderful turkey stuffing, dare I say, if it's around Thanksgiving time. They, so what the schools did, 
They got rid of all of their traditional cooking um, uh, appliances. The ovens were gone. The deep fryers were gone. Everything that could have created a healthy uh, meal, minus the deep fryers, of course. But you got to have a little fun. You got to have a little fun. Every once in a while. You got to. Yeah. So basically, the school cafeterias in most of American public schools look exactly like my apartment, which just had the gas cut off because I don't use the stove. Yeah. They came in and they're like, do you want your gas? You owe us 100 bucks." I was like, no, take it. Does the microwave still work? It does? Mm-hmm. I'm great. Yeah. Goodbye, gas man. Thank you so much for stopping by. So it's pretty much exactly what cafeterias look like now, a microwave. And they, that's all that they need to cook the food that's coming in because either the food is brought in by Pizza Hut, Papa John's, which sounds like a great thing on, it, on its face. But when you're eating Papa John's and Pizza Hut on a daily basis, not as a reward, not as a treat, not as like, hey, you played a game of softball or you were in soccer practice. Let's go get a slice or something as, a, um, as, uh, as something to replenish your body after you've worked out. This is what they get 24-7. So what happened was Orida, Tyson, the big food corporations went to these public schools and were like, hey, you know, we got, we got a sweet deal. They opened up their trunk. A guy had a trench coat full of dino <laughs> bites and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, curly cut fries. And he just opened it up. He's like, no, nah, we got something for you. Got a sweet drug for you right here. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a chicken. It, I promise. I didn't know that chickens came in the form of Tyrannosaurus Rex. They do. There's a special part of the chicken body. Looks just like a dino. I, we found it. We're Tyson. So they came in and they started... Uh, unbelievably cheap prices, obviously, because it's true. It's garbage. Yeah. It is trash food. This is what the kids have been eating since the 1980s. And that's why right now, 75% of adult males are overweight. 67% of adult females are overweight. They are the product of 80s, 90s, and early 2000s education. And so we're seeing, again, look, we've always said, you always kind of live it under a president about 10 years after they're gone. That's when their policies really take hold and you can see what they did. So one of the negative effects that happened under Reagan was the complete defunding of school lunches. And that is why we're in the obesity epidemic that we're in. So you have this woman now coming out, this Arbor comedian, just mocking fat people without any sort of uh, framework for why we've gotten to the place that we've gotten. And I firmly believe this is wanted by the government. A, an inactive populace guarantees that people are going to be less engaged, they're going to feel less involved in society because you have to live a hermit life. Mm-hmm. If you're 350 pounds, as a person who was, uh, you know, 380, there are days where you're, I'm not going outside yeah, because I don't have enough butter to rub on my body to get through the door <laughs> today. And, you know, you don't want to deal with the, uh, with the people like uh, Arbor mocking you or filming you nowadays. When you have to go shopping, filming your big ass walking when you're pushing the cart, you know, and you so you look at Michelle Obama where she's complicit. Her let's move campaign is nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's all make believe because it's sponsored again by Coca-Cola, by the huge food corporations, the ones that are causing all the major obesity. And this whole idea of calories in equals calories out is total nonsense. I think we've talked about the documentary Fed Up, but they really discuss the difference between a calorie in an almond and a calorie in Coca-Cola. The difference being almonds have fiber, so they go through your digestive system. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot more time for the body to turn it into sugar, which means you have a lot more time to burn it off. Coca-Cola just goes right. It's right to fat. Yeah. It's right to fat. So you have no choice. But kids are so indoctrinated at such a young age with this idea that Coca-Cola products, I'm, I should be losing weight. I'm drinking Diet Coke. I'm drinking Coke Zero. I had a coach, and I talk about him regularly on the show, Coach Haka. Yeah. You know Coach Haka. Yeah, I remember Coach Haka. The one so fat you could see him from space. I mean, <laughs> he was huge. He was so massive. He was slightly skinnier than our head football coach who we got a golf cart for our senior year as the gift. He <laughs> ate himself out of mobility. He is currently dead. <laughs> And that's what's going to happen if you keep on eating the way that most of Americans are eating right now. But Coach Haka would go, go to Burger King, two big, uh, two Whoppers, side of fries, and a Diet Coke. Why am I not losing weight? It's the Diet Coke. Nah. It's all nonsense. It's all make-believe. You have those commercials right now. Uh, Insure. Insure has a commercial where they literally have their little uh, fake synthetic chocolate drink mm-hmm. kicking fruit's ass in a refrigerator. <laughs> and they're like, eat, drink, and sure. Get rid of apples, oranges, and bananas. Have you seen these commercials? No. It's crazy. <sighs> so they're literally telling them the American people that somehow insure is healthier than what God made or what nature made, whatever your DM might be. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's it's absolute nonsense. But the Michelle Obama campaign, the Obama administration, is just as complicit as Reagan was. They know exactly what they're doing. They're bought and uh, bought and sold by these huge food corporations who are consistently contributing to making Americans fatter and not giving Americans any truth at all when it comes to their health. Well, the problem with this YouTube woman uh, is uh, she, in a lot of ways, is right. Obesity is well, a horrible, I mean. is a horrible, horrible problem. But what she's doing is she is doing what so many other people do on the internet, and the reason why we're gridlocked on so many different issues is that she's coming at it from a completely emotional angle. It's all nonsense. I mean, yeah. also, I don't want to break the news to Miss Arbor. I've been in the entertainment business for quite a while here in New York City, about ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're fat for an actress. She's fat. For, <laughs> she's just fat for an actress. I'm sorry. You know, if she would come to New York, yeah. if she would go to Los Angeles and see what models look like, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, she would be laughed out of a building if she went in to a William Morris Endeavor and asked for a modeling contract. Yeah. She would have to lose at least 30. She would have to take her own advice and start parking her car at the end of the Walmart whenever she wanted to go buy the nonsense that somebody like Miss Arbor chooses to buy. Well, the problem is that you, you, you know, r- right now you're, you're presenting facts, you're presenting possible solutions. What she's doing is she is putting negative energy out there. She's right. putting nothing but emotion out there. And that's all she's going to get back. All she's going to get back right. is negative energy and emotion, and it's just going to cause more. Because what she's saying isn't new on the internet. No, like there are a million people every single day who say the exact same thing. There right. are entire subreddits that are dedicated to this. Fat people hate fat lot. Fat people uh, stories. Fat logic. Mm. Like there are three different subreddits devoted to exactly what this woman is talking about. It's nothing new. My favorite subreddit is the one that's just all about hoagies. Mm, I'm always on that subreddit. Our hoagies? Oh, yeah. Can't get enough. You can put pastrami, salami, every kind. Oh, get rid of it. Too healthy. I'm talking the Italian sub, my friend. The Italian subreddit. Yeah, but but it's nothing nothing but emotion, and she is, and that's the thing, though, about the internet, is that nothing makes money like emotion. Well, and I talked a little bit about that, again, during the Red Eye story, but you don't have that much time to talk. I was on there with a guy named John Podhoritz, Mm -hmm. who was a film critic, and uh, you know what? Little criticism of my own. Mm-hmm. Keep it down. All right, I got, I got, I got things to say. Okay, um, but you know that's what fuels the internet. Like you said, negativity. Yeah. So some people did watch that and they were like, "You go, girl, right on." And then most of the people, it was very funny to watch the feminist groups, the Lindy Wests of the world, come out some in defense of her solely because she's a woman, mm-hmm. regardless of what she says. Um, Although I'm not sure if Lindy West did particularly come out in defense of her. Lindy West uh, came in tacitly. She said, right. like, I don't agree with what she says, but I still support her. I still Sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, because these people are sexist and they're terrible and they're full of bigotry and they're full of hate. So that is what that is. But that is exactly what she's playing on, uh, Arbor. She, you know, the fact that negativity drives the Internet, everybody knows it. And this is just more proof. So you have some people who find it very funny. You have other people who find it extremely offensive. It doesn't matter because they're all coming together gather to view this video and then have an opinion so like you mentioned before the show began marcus she made bank off of this yeah she's obviously a youtube celebrity i would assume she's being funded by them she made a huge amount of money off of this people were outraged because youtube took her page down during the peak of the controversy oh yeah which you know was monday and uh now it's Thursday and we're about done. So I don't know. That's why I don't even <laughs> want to bring attention to her as much. But, you know, when you do uh, get financed by a corporation, they do have control of your content. And this is the theory uh, behind them taking it down. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to wrap it up, the obesity epidemic in this country is very serious. And if you are having any um, weight issues, as we all are, because, you know, I, I was watching a kid on the subway today on the G train, and he had a bag of veggie sticks, this, you know, highly processed, you know, the veggie sticks that people buy mm-hmm. thinking that it's healthy. Because it has the word veggie in it. The thing, the, the thing, the child. <laughs> the, the child was two, the thing. <laughs> the thing was two years, the child was two years old. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, why isn't his bag just full of vegetables? Yeah. You know, they don't know that they're not supposed to like these things. So um, it's very difficult. Children are indoctrinated at a very, very early time to eat these extremely highly saturated in fat food, these highly processed food. And it's really difficult to wean yourself off of them. So if you are a person struggling with weight, um, you know, uh, please reach out and we can talk about some different options as well. I, again, I really enjoy the idea of playing in the toy section at Walmart. That'll make get you kicked out of Walmart, but then you got to run. So, <laughs> so that's kind of good. You know, whatever it might be. Maybe do uh, tie a string to a Snickers bar and run out of a store with it when they chase after you. Have the string repel it back into the store so you get the exercise and the thrill of stealing, but then it's right back on the shelf. <laughs> You didn't do nothing wrong. You didn't do nothing wrong. I mean, really, uh, 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 seriously, I uh, I play drums to keep skinny. Like people right. always, make, they make actually people still make funny about how how skinny I am. If I last time I went a long time without playing drums, I'm about 150 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got up to about 170, 175 when I didn't play drums. Like the reason why I'm skinny is because I play drums, right. and it's I'm strong as me and Henry proved when mm-hmm. me and Henry were on Skype together. You were in the room, Henry yes. from last podcast on the left, mm-hmm. and we had a bit of a muscle off. You did, and it was the saddest muscle off I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. I'm still not sure if there was enough muscle combined between the both of you to call it a muscle off, uh, but you did show your arms to one another and i think that that was very exciting yeah but drums that that's what keeps the weight off me it's a fun physical activity right. i still eat like shit i'm what they call fat on the inside you're a tofi i'm a tofi yeah, yeah on the outside fat on the inside exactly but still you know i, I i'd still look all right you can find many different uh many different things to do i do vodka soda that's what i whenever i'm on my, <laughs> my diet i do vodka soda but i also have as many weight issues as a jv wrestling high a jv wrestling team yeah. um so you know yeah. but that's okay so anyway that's my opinion on what happened with arbor there and uh the video itself nothing super offensive it's just um a person who needs to uh explain themselves more in the context of what's actually happening and uh, to understand the fact that uh, you've been lied to by large corporations by the Gatorades of the world by every single every single thing that you consume that comes from a bag or comes from a bottle is probably not good for you yeah except for water except for water and even that you know, <laughs> even then, what do you got? The vitamin waters, for example. Yeah, vitamin water is terrible for you. It's full yeah. of sugar. It's all sugar. Yeah. And we talked about how sugar has, the sugar uh, industry is very influential in, uh, in Washington. If you look at a bottle, notice the one thing you don't see is how your daily percentage, you see your daily percentage of fat, of carbs, of sodium, but you don't see a daily percentage of sugar. We consume so much sugar in this country because what happened is once they went to low fat Cottage cheese, low-fat cheese, no-fat everything. They just replaced it because, believe it or not, you take the fat out and it's it tastes, tastes like, terrible. Yeah, it tastes like shit. Um, you know, but don't you know? I don't know. Yeah, and you also yeah. and you also have to add artificial coloring to it as well because once you take the fat out, right. the coloring goes all weird and it looks like shit and it tastes like shit. So they fill up full of sugar and uh, artificial coloring and flavors and shit like that and make it a a horrible. Uh, Horrible little chemical bath for you there. That's right. That's right. You take the fat out. What's the name of the actor there that was super fat, then lost all the weight, and now he's a total douchebag? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's what I was trying to go to. You take the fat out. The fat is actually very good. You're entertained by it. You enjoy watching it. You just consume it. You know, every now and again, you lose the fat. You got skinny Jonah Hill. Mm. Dare I say, unwatchable, unlovable. (laughs) Made a little diva out of the guy. Mm, really did. You ought to hear the blind items about him. Whew. Not good. So that's the thing. They took out the fat, put in the sugar. Sugar is everywhere. So just be warned about that. Be a little bit more aware. And uh, another little trick, and it sounds bizarre, what I did for two years, I was a vegetarian, so if something, if meat even came close to a, a piece of food, I refused to eat it. I was in love with a vegan. Ah. So that kind of helped with that. And I thought I'd kill two bo- uh, birds. With one stone, I'd lose a bunch of weight, also become a vegetarian. Then she'd love me. Turns out she's married to a professor in Milwaukee, and he's a youth, he's a man baby. 
<laughs> he refuses to grow up. A man baby. He's a man. I'm, oh my god! You don't want to believe it. I'm such a man. What kind of man? I just dodged <laughs> such a bullet. I, I'm like I'm like I'm like uh, you know uh, Neo from the Matrix. I dodged every bullet I've ever <laughs> no, had. No, no, what do you mean by man? Baby? Man, he's a man baby. <laughs> what do you mean by man baby? I'm just well. L- number one, he's a college professor, and uh, he, um, you know, really believes. That, uh, well, I mean, it's tough. To, like, okay, so <laughs> he's a man, baby, Marcus. Okay, know, not because he stole one no. of the girls that I liked very much. Are you saying that all college professors are man babies? I would argue that is true, <laughs> except for Mr. Lessig, who is running for the presidency of the United States out of Harvard. All right, let's get into some politics. He's a man, baby. Okay, fine. Trying to, th- it's tough to pinpoint now that I'm on the spot. Uh, I- <laughs> I'm trying to pinpoint one of the I'm assets. I'm just curious. I just want to say he's like a super liberal, but that's like not just, <laughs> I have to have more to back that up. Besides just man bait. I mean, man, yeah, I can He's see against how- the Keystone Pipeline. Well, what's wrong with that? I'm I'm for it. I know you're so for it. that that just makes him being a, against the Keystone Pipeline doesn't make someone a man uh, baby. Maybe I just don't like his politics and the fact <laughs> he's boning a chick I really wanted to be with. Uh, I, well. think, uh, I think that's more like he is a man baby though. I met okay. him. He's pathetic. <laughs> I promise you. All right, we'll we'll move on. But nonetheless, no, I dodged a bullet with that one. I'm a hero. Yes, you are a hero. Uh, let's just move on to uh, some human beings. Let's talk about somebody who was formerly fat, who lost a lot of weight, and who's now fat again. He had a good week, I suppose, for him and his conservative values. Mike Huckabee. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, Mike Huckabee, one of the most, probably the least, uh, he is as charismatic as he is unattractive um, to the people that really support him. There was a uh, woman, Kim Davis, she was in Kentucky. She refu- I'm sure you all know this story, so I won't go too much into it. She refused to issue marriage licenses to a gay couple because she found God four years previous, and she is still on fire for the Lord. And it's unbelievably pathetic. She was jailed for six days. I'm not sure why she was da- jailed. I thought it was a bad decision to jail her from the start because it, exa- it did exactly what I knew would happen, which was made her a martyr. Not of she's not Nelson Mandela, despite that's the fact. That's how people want to treat her. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 pretended as if she was in solitary confinement for 25 years and she just got out after a crime she didn't commit. When in reality she was in jail for six days for a crime she did. Yeah, uh, which they're, is nonsense. They're also very fond of that Martin Luther King Jr. comparison. Right. Oh oh, Kim Davis and Martin Luther King. <laughs> you can't tell them apart. I remember I had a dream, and uh, I had a dream speech. She was like, I had a dream, and then I farted myself awake. <laughs> I remember that Kim Davis speech. Very powerful. Oh, yeah, real powerful stuff. Yeah, right. What a he, uh, really, yes. I, I, I'm sure there'll be a racist white man who shoots her in the head. I'm sure. Yes, there's no doubt about that. So my opinion on this, of course, Kim Davis is allowed to hold whatever belief she wants to have. The fact of the matter is she's an extension of the state. The state, if the Supreme Court ruled on gay marriage, you are an extension of the state. Your religious views are officially moot because there is a, such a thing as separation of uh, religion and state. Well, the best comparison you could make is uh, George Wallace after uh, the Supreme Court ordered him to desegregate the University of Alabama. Right. He refused. Right. On moral grounds, that's the course, only, that's the that's who you could compare Kim Davis to. And of course, at that point, he was still very, very close to winning the nomination for the presidency of the United States. He was getting there uh, even after that. I believe he came in second in the primary. Um, so Mike Huckabee, you know, see, seen a seen a, a vacuum that needed to be filled. He and Ted Cruz went down to Kentucky in order to uh, get some name recognition and be able to get some press because Donald Trump is currently sucking it all up like Kirby did in the great video game Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, I well, reference Kirby about once a week. By the way, I, really, it's my favorite reference. I love that game. It's one of the best. <laughs> One of the best games. So as the oxygen is being sucked out of the Demo- uh, out of the Republican primary solely by Donald Trump, Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz were able to squeeze in uh, a little bit here because Donald Trump does not care yeah. about Kim Davis. Donald Trump wouldn't even look at Kim Davis. He would li- he would kick her out of his lowest golf course. <laughs> he wants to talk about China. He's, yeah, I mean, you know, say one thing about Donald Trump. He doesn't like white trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the white trash like him. Hell yeah. But he doesn't particularly care to shake hands with the lesser thans. As a matter of fact, it becomes more and more apparent every time he walks through a crowd. It's uh, phenomenal. Anyway, Mike Huckabee found the, uh, an opportunity. He saw an opportunity to get, some, to get some press and to get some airtime. So he went down there and he took it with Kim Davis and Kim Davis's husband, who I really, 
man, I never saw a dude like that before. It's 2015, and this guy looked straight out of the 1800s. I'm shocked he didn't have a piece of straw in his mouth. He, uh, he was wearing overalls. He had the wicker cap on with a little green neon. Yeah. A little green neon piece of plastic, you know, just because he wants to look cool as he's dressed like somebody's uh, child that they wouldn't let out of the house because they were worried he was going to go have sex with the cows again. Flair. Flair. Yes, he has. I don't even want to say redneck because rednecks dress better than this guy. Farm neck, but I actually respect farmers a lot. So I don't know what to classify this guy as other than Kim Davis's fourth husband. So you can imagine the things she's done. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a baseball tee uh, and overalls. And I see two different pictures of him, two different days. Mm-hmm. Change the hat. Nothing else. Well, you know who else didn't change clothes? Steve Jobs. So maybe, maybe he's just very, very smart. Maybe he actually runs Apple, but it's actually just an Apple. It's just an Apple. Yeah, and he just puts it on his desk. That's mine. That's mine. I tell the Apple what to do. Always listens, but then sometimes it turns brown and die. I get new <laughs> Apple. Then I get new Apple. So Mike Huckabee went up there, and he really was attempting to describe how this wasn't a, a, a meeting of people based on the notion of hate. You know, this is always something they have to clarify right up top. We are not together because we hate. And I'll tell you, if that's a, something that you have to clarify to the group of people that you're speaking to, not a good sign. Bad sign. N- a bad sign indeed. It's very similar to one of my favorite candidates of all time, Miss O'Donnell, who had to clarify that she was not a witch in her first <laughs> campaign ad back in 2012. So, you know, a- addressing the fact that you guys are not there for hateful reasons immediately, if you have to get that elephant out of the room, you're probably... Uh, doing something uh, that other people might perceive as hateful. Mm-hmm. So he went on to dis- uh, discuss how this woman, uh, you know, had the right to do whatever she did and how Mike Huckabee himself would be, if Kim Davis was still in jail, he himself would replace her in jail. Did you see that part, Marcus? Uh, no. Okay, because it's not actually going to happen. <laughs> this big schmuck. talking to people about how he would sit in jail for Kim Davis Uh in replace of Kim Davis if that judge once again acts like an activist and uh, activist judge put me in jail, sir. This is what he says. Of course, the irony is the judge is a Republican. Kim Davis is a registered Democrat. Politics had nothing to do with this. It was the fact that Kim Davis broke an oath to the United to the to the state of Kentucky contempt this, she contempt. was held in contempt exactly yeah. so it was all nonsense and you have the same people Shepard Smith actually on Fox News really is somebody that I respect I love Shepard Smith he is a uh, he is very bipartisan and he just he tells it like it is but he really doesn't he's very funny if you've ever get a chance to watch Shepard Smith on Fox give it a watch he was discussing, and I completely agree with him, how the same people that are sitting there discussing Sharia law, discussing um, how if the Muslims take over, their religion is going to be infused into the, uh, into the judicial system, infused into the government, and we're no longer going to have any freedom. Those people were the ones that were acting extremely hypocritical in this situation because there's no doubt that in their minds religion trumps law. Yeah, and they have a, an answer to that. They say that the United States was founded as a Christian nation on Christian values, uh, and that's how they separate themselves bunch from of, the Muslim argument. It's a bunch of Satanists and Masons that started this <laughs> damn place. At no point, I mean, Jefferson yeah. used to openly mock religion. Quincy Adams hated Christianity. Yeah. I mean, very, very few of our founding fathers were religious whatsoever. And even then, if they were religious, they didn't even necessarily follow any sort Sort of doctrine. They were closer to agnostics than anything. Uh, and they always say, I read a, a quote from somebody, I think it might have been Huckabee, uh, that was saying, you know what, you need to study. You're obviously not a student of American history if you don't know that. If you don't mm-hmm. know that this was a Christian nation founded by Christians, you need to search your history. I think it was during the Huckabee-Scarborough battle. It could have been. Well, I only take historical U.S. advice by the author of God's Guns and Grits, because that man obviously knows exactly the principles that this country was founded on. Mm-hmm. God, guns, and grits. grits. <laughs> so brilliant. Such um, a brilliant man. It'd be more like sex, slavery, and hemp. I like the last one. <laughs> 
And maybe the first one, if it's not done, including <laughs> uh, the second one. Yeah, but, yeah the, no, well, se- the sex part, that's been Franklin's contribution to the whole okay, thing. Okay, well, thank you, Mr. Franklin. And I do agree with Benjamin that we should have uh, get rid of the eagle, let's make it the turkey. Yeah, love the turkey. Love a turkey. Eagles aren't pardoned every year by the President of the United States. Mm. No, tur- yeah, yeah, the turkey is. Yeah. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. And then, of course, you know, what they don't show you is the footage where the turkey just goes and gets hit by a car. <laughs> because they just, just throw him onto the beltway. Yeah, yeah. Just get out of here, turkey. <laughs> We're done with you. If you've ever gotten it, we'll go back to Huckabee in a second. If you ever have a chance to watch, uh, like, little baby sharks or when they nurse a, uh, a sea creature back to health, mm-hmm. if you just YouTube um, them, um, I don't even know what you YouTube. Re-release the Re-release, re-release gone terribly the wrong and then immediately <laughs> just gets eaten and you're like, oh, yeah. man. These, uh, you know, really great biologists spend de- uh, you know, days, maybe even years, nursing these creatures back to health, and they immediately get eaten by random piranha and whales or something. Well, who's for lunch? All right. <laughs> well, you know, it's important. So Huckabee got some stage time, got some air time to really discuss his um, his religious values. And th- that's the sad thing with the Republican candidates right now. We have so many. Again, we're still at 17, maybe even 18 at this point. And uh, you know for a fact that Huckabee is just out there shell in his next book there's no way that he has enough support to win any primary his numbers are extremely low he's only there to support his radio career his book career and unfortunately he is defining the republican party well he does it and as a person such as myself who is very center who loves the idea of looking elsewhere um in uh, other than democrats who have had to vote for previously Regardless of the fact if they were the best candidate or not, I agree with my decision in 08 because I think Palin sank that ticket. But quite frankly, I think Mitt Romney probably could have been a fine president if his campaign wasn't run like such an unbelievably apologetic, um, dare I say, shit show. Yeah. Um, that was the problem with Mitt. He just did, he had no idea how to actually come across as strong. He wanted to relate to the common person. But when you're as wealthy as you are, that's going to be impossible. Just be who you are. Yeah. And that's what he lost. And that's where Donald Trump really wins. So this is why I get upset with the Huckabees of the world, because you know for a fact they're there for very selfish reasons. He pretends, of course, once again, he says, this is not about politics. Obviously, that means it's about politics. Mm-hmm. He is creating the narrative that turns off the majority of millennials and so many people in this country to the Republican Party. This gay marriage thing needs to go away. It is done. It is, it's been decided by the courts, and not even a court... That is extremely left. Yeah. I mean, it took, uh, it, but uh, Thomas, not Thomas, um, the uh, Supreme Court Justice Roberts, he cited, you know, for gay marriage. Everyone thought they were so lived with him, um, but it's done. So that is, that's why the situations that Mike Huckabee throws himself into, in a serious sense, really ruins the Republican Party for a lot of people because that that's what they think the brand is. And when you have all these really these insane folks uh, coming in support for Kim Davis uh, with two presidential candidates standing next to her, it validates her point of view to such an extreme that it really, really shapes a negative narrative for most of Americans about a party that I think is actually extremely diverse. Well, people are uh, saying, why are we giving this woman attention? Why are we giving Kim Davis attention? We're not giving Kim Davis attention. We're giving her point of view attention. We're addressing Kim Davis is a symbol. She's symbolic of a lot of these people in America who hold this very bizarrely sincerely held belief. That they, it is so bizarre and uh, ridiculous to me that these people hold this so close to their hearts and they hold it uh, in such importance almost above all other issues right now. Uh, that's well, who Kim Davis represents. I and- know, and I will say this. I want to, if you're a, uh, you know, it's a, there's a difference between Kim Davis and the baker in Indiana or the other random store owner who doesn't want to cater to uh, to a gay wedding. In my personal opinion, if you don't want to cater to a gay wedding, it is your personal business, and people on the left would be upset by this, but I believe you should have that right. I if agree you, with if you. you. If you are like, I don't care how ridiculous and juvenile it might be, but if you have an ick factor and you're like, I just don't like gay people, whatever, you run an independent business, at no point can the government come in and say that that person that you that walked into your establishment needs to be served by your goods, take your time. You know, I mean, if you're smart, you take their money and make them a damn cake. Who cares? But then again, so th- this all gets tied together with the Kim Davis thing. But the Kim Davis situation is completely different because she is a 
she represents the state. Mm-hmm. When you represent the state, you represent state and federal law. So this is completely different. Well, their argu- people are people are messing that all up. Their argument about it is uh, they're saying that um, the Supreme Court created a law. That the Supreme Court is not made to create laws. That's Huckabee's big thing. Right, but the uh, Supreme the, Court actually did not create a law. They lifted laws against. Well, I'm not saying that, it, right. that that is you know a valid thing. I'm just saying that's what their uh, response is to that. Right, right, right. Which right. is, you know, that's fine. You're not going to go in there and get rid of the Supreme Court. Do I think the Supreme Court has slightly too much power in this country? As a person who voted for Al Gore, yeah. I do. I think it has a little bit too much power in this country. I do agree with that. But when it comes to gay marriage, that is something the Republicans should embrace because they no longer have to have it be the anchor around their necks. That is why they lost 2012. When Joe Biden came out and said that Obama and himself, mainly just himself, but of course, as Kim Davis represents the state, Joe Biden represents the administration. Mm-hmm. When he made a Biden gaffe and came out and said that he was for gay marriage, this was a huge propeller for the Obama administration. But let's not pretend that Obama was holier than thou on this issue, and certainly not Hillary Clinton. No. You know, not, in, not until that time. Were they pro-gay marriage? It was that no party has been pro-gay marriage. Hillary Clinton was actually staunchly anti-gay, very marriage. anti-gay marriage. Um, anyway, so that's where Mike Huckabee is a total schmuck, and I want him to get out of the party. And you know, I know he's likable. I know he's in a band called the, what is it? The the uh, not the, not the Rockabillies. He's in the Arkansas uh, Capital Offense. Is it Capital Offense? Yeah. Pretty edgy name, Mike. <laughs> Pretty edgy name. And, of course, Ted Cruz was the ultimate loser there because he didn't get any stage time. He just got that terrible picture that got zero likes on, on Twitter, and everyone just called him a douchebag. The Capital Offense Wikipedia page? Pretty long. Pretty long? Starts in 1996, the early years. Oh, cool. 1996 to 2000. Recent times, that's 2001 to present. That's great. Do they go through when uh, Mike Huckabee had that heroin addiction that almost sunk <laughs> the entire band and the... The drummer was having sex with the bassist's wife, and then they came out with their uh, great Fleetwood Mac landslide type uh, album. Well, they've been regular guests at the annual Hope Watermelon Festival in Hope, Arkansas. What's that festival all about? Watermelon. Huh. <laughs> enti- we used to have a watermelon festival where I grew up every year Yeah, in Knox City. What's the name of the uh, Fleetwood, Melk, uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac album? Uh, Rumors? Rumors, yeah. yeah. I want to hear the Capital Offense Rumors album. <laughs> I think that would be pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Well, they've opened for the Charlie Daniels Band, Dion Warwick, wow. REO Speedwagon, Willie Nelson. That's, that's, um, Willie didn't know Willie, what was going on. Know. To be fair to Willie, he's pretty stoned. And this is why we love him. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. in the Capital Offense, you wouldn't know that was going, going to be uh, uh, the lead singer was going to be the former conservative governor of Arkansas. <laughs> you wouldn't know that. You really wouldn't know no. that. No, no, no. no. Um, well, speaking of Arkansas governors, let's, let's switch a little bit over here. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton. And uh, speaking of Mike Huckabee being a bad brand for the Republicans, the Clintons have been a terrible brand for the Democrats, and I think the brand is officially too tarnished to ever be elected again. So uh, Bernie Sanders is now up in Iowa. He's up in New Hampshire. I watched a great interview with him earlier today, and Bernie Sanders is truly shocked. <laughs> he is. He is absolutely <laughs> yeah. stunned. And uh, Stunned is the word he used. Yes, he is stunned. He's like, I can't believe the support that we're getting, which to me, talk about a difference in tone compared to him and Trump. Who Trump was like, I'm already the head of Germany. And you're like, you're not even running for it. He's like, yes, but I will combine all forces and I will be the head of the EU as well. And the head of all the European countries. Bernie Sanders is truly shocked that he's doing as well as he is doing. He does refuse to acknowledge the fact that he is doing as well as he is doing because... People on the uh, left side of the aisle, they're not looking. There is no Republican, maybe a Rand Paul, but he shrunk so bad in that first debate. Mm. And he's pretty much, as you cut fat off of a good steak, he is the fat that's currently in the trash. There's no way that he's really going to make a comeback any longer. So they looked to Bernie. He was the only option. And to Bernie's credit, I do think he kind of messed up during the Black Lives Matter uh, debacle. But you, you agreed with his decision, and I understand your point of view via optics. It would have looked very bad for a 74-year-old white dude 
yelling at two black chicks. Yeah, and everyone's forgotten about that anyway. Everyone's forgotten about it. Um, so people looked at him, and he's done a very good job at these rallies of conveying a message, very pro-middle class, very anti-1%, which is a narrative that kind of drives me slowly insane because it's so indoctrinated into the minds now. But uh, you have to give credit where credit is due, and I think that he has done a good job when it comes to getting the crowds and then and then performing. But you also have to take a look at Hillary Clinton and how poor her campaign has been run. They're doing, I believe, their fifth re- reboot. Oof. They're doing a reboot. Uh. They're starting over. She's like if you've ever played football with your friends in the backyard and you're in middle school and uh, a team scores the first touchdown, and then the uh, the the coolest guy on the opposing team is like, let's start over. Yeah. Start at zero zero. Let's start over. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, you know, they're down 35 to nothing. And then he pulls out next point wins. You know, <laughs> that's why Hillary Clinton, they only have four debates before Iowa. They have six total debates. Obviously, the Clinton administration knew the Clinton campaign knew that was going to help out Hillary because the less we see her, the better she is. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. The less she's like a cleaning lady. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the you just want your place nice and the, to look really nice, and you never want to know they were there. Mm-hmm. And the more you see her, the more people don't like her. And so that's the sort of where that's the situation that Bernie is able to really capitalize on. Because the more you see Bernie, the more you do kind of endear yourself to his softer tone, but still very fiery rhetoric. And uh, the more exposure he's getting, he's shining. The more exposure Hillary gets, she's just wilting miserably. But there was a great book written out written about uh, the war on women, and it was written by Roger Stone, who uh, we know here on the show. And um, as Hillary Clinton runs as a woman, which is really, she is trying to capitalize so heavily on this female vote. The problem is she has a terrible history with women. Marcus, what are the a couple of, just the first like three things that her and Bill have gotten away with during the years? Lots of rapes. Lots of rapes. Yeah, using... Uh private detectives to collect information on Bill Clinton's rape victims and then silence them. Right. And some of these victims were as young as 19. There was a 19-year-old girl who was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's also, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, when Stone says Hillary's strange relationship with top aide Huma Abedin, is he just implying that she's a lesbian and that's a bad thing? Well, it would be a bad thing if Hillary Clinton was a lesbian solely because, like we just mentioned earlier, she hadn't be she she wasn't for gay marriage until two years ago. Good point. Uh, be very hypocritical. And of course, Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted pedophile, right. Bill being uh, pretty good friends with him. Uh, it talks about let's see here, well, Chelsea there- Clinton's real father, not Bill. Well, who knows who that is? Yeah. But the details, Bill raped a 19-year-old Eileen Wellstone, and that's what got him thrown out of Oxford. I mean, these things are proven. I mean, so this is not somebody who uh, is extremely pro-woman, and the more that her record now gets put out there, the harder and harder she is having running as a pro-woman candidate. And if you look at, the, if you look at what she's done, you know, what, what they did during the Lewinsky scandal— Benghazi, which is kind of blown out of proportion. I think the larger situation with Benghazi is that every that was a uh, that was a arms to get to, they were sending arms through Turkey to get to Syria mm-hmm. through that embassy and things like that. And uh, obviously, voting for the Iraq War, her record is absolutely abysmal. This email thing, which sounds like nothing, has just been handled so unbelievably improperly. And uh, so that's why Hillary recently just came out and said the campaign is going to show more heart and humor. <laughs> Which is kind of fun because you always know you're going to show a lot more heart and humor, but you got to send a memo first. You got to memo it out. <laughs> got to let them know about it. Let them know you're hey, going to be showing some more heart and humor. Don't just show it. So Bernie is just capitalizing uh, on all of that, and I think his campaign is really benefited. And that is, of course, why Joe Biden will most likely get into the election. Yeah, I agree completely. I think Joe Biden's going to be the candidate. I think Joe Biden's going to be the next president. Well, we all know it's going to be Donald Trump, for better or for worse. He's going to build yeah, a hotel. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's going to be Trump? Because I don't. Because well, if it's Trump, like that is actually scary. Like if the possibility of a, a Trump presidency is disastrous for the country. Well, maybe you didn't see the way he stood up to Omarosa. <laughs> 
or you know yeah no no, no. It, it's a it is a, a horrifying uh proposition a horrifying possibility of donald trump being president well donald trump has a very rational tax plan that a lot of people on the right don't like and a lot of people on the left would embrace um obviously the immigration thing is really the the one the one cornerstone of his campaign that is bringing out your people uh much like arbor's video there about weight that is bringing out people be- because of their uh because of their hate um, which I disagree with his immigration plan. Everybody agrees 11 million people to, in order to uproot those families would be impossible and cost billions and billions and billions of dollars. But he's still got the campaign, campaign where he's refusing to take any sort of uh, corporate cash. He is the corporate. Uh, he is the corporation. The problem, even yes. though in just reality he's just a licensor. He doesn't actually. He just licenses the Trump name. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so those things are really resonating with people. They you are, know, the but Iran- what's going to happen the first time he calls uh, Angela Merkel Merkel an ugly cunt? Well, I don't think he's ever said the c word before. <laughs> I mean, that's an exaggeration, but you know what? Is it foreign policy? Like, what's going to happen with Trump being well, the face of America to the rest of the world? It'll be an ugly face. <laughs> that's for sure. He called uh, Carly Fiorina ugly the other day. Yeah, but he I, said, "Who's going to vote for that face?" But I talked to Marcus about it, and. Uh, <laughs> I, if you just isolate Trump's lips when he's puckered up and you put it next to a butthole, <laughs> uh, it looks very, very similar. Very similar, yes. He did apologize for the Fiorino mark. But you're right. I mean, he would be flippant and he would uh, anger many, many people. But I also think there's this idea that these uh, elites get together and they have some cordial conversation. If we've learned nothing from Air Fuck One, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> if we've learned nothing by all the scandals that we've discussed on this show previous, these people get together and have raunchy orgies. Yeah. So I don't think this whole idea that Angela Merkel would somehow be upset if he called her, you know, Know, if if he said some offensive things regarding her body, which I don't think you can. I mean, she's a she was quite a German beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, the Mercs. Oh yeah. So I mean, I think he's just talking. He's talking. He's using their inside voice outside. Yeah. And that's what people are really resonating with. Yes, but I agree. His immigration policy is completely insane. But and Biden will be getting in a Biden Trump election. It would be absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Um, It'd be fun. Oh, it would be the At best. At the very least. As long as Trump doesn't go with his Ted Cruz, I can't vote for anybody on, uh, on the ticket who announced at Liberty University. Yeah. The Jerry Falwell's university is one of the worst. Jerry Falwell's a terrible, terrible human being who blamed 9-11 on, on gays. He blamed 9-11 on the exact same thing that the, uh, that the uh, Saudi terrorists, when they did it, they said they were doing it for the exact same reasons that Jerry Falwell agreed they should. Yeah. He was just like, gays made it happen. And they were like, we don't like gays. And they're like, okay. He, they agreed. <laughs> That's the thing with these Christians and these extreme religious types. They all agree on the exact same thing. They truly do. They, I, I mean, I really, we got to keep them separated. Oh, yeah. We absolutely, like the off Can't, print, let, yeah. can't let them get together. No, no. If all no, the no. religions got together, all, oh my God, there's too yeah. many religious people. It's, in it's the like world. the gatekeeper and the key master in Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. You can't keep them apart. Yeah. Or like the scientist who is friends with Ace Ventura. <laughs> Is that the red or the white? White? I can never remember that. Yes. Yeah? I love Ace Ventura. Check it out. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And uh, I'll be back on Red Eye on the 23rd of September. Check out Marcus's band, The Cowmen. And yep. check out Last Podcast on the Left, The Round Table of Gentlemen. And uh, let's see, Marcus, anything else going on? Uh, I think that's about it, man. I think you covered it. Hmm. All right. I guess we covered it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, yeah. Find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. And uh, join the Facebook uh, group as well. It's kind of fun over there. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.